This is the Red Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans, and he is Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> doing good. Reds are finally back in camp. Uh, they're having lots of fun, and hopefully everyone stays healthy so far. No positives on the uh, Major League roster uh, as far as COVID goes, so... Let's keep our fingers crossed that we get some good baseball. Lots of news came out this week. We'll go over that, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the schedule and can go through some games, what we think will happen, and uh, much a lot of stuff for this episode. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're action-packed today. So uh, a new feature uh, that you wanted to add, which I think will be pretty cool, will be some uh, things that happen in Red's history for this week. I, I know one thing that I found today was – uh, the day we're recording this, July 7th, was the anniversary of Tom Browning going to the rooftops. Yeah, in Chicago. And uh, I remember watching that as a, I want to say kid, but I think I was I was one day from being, <laughs> from, uh, being 18 uh, when he did that. So I was still a kid and uh, remember seeing that. I'm like, that is awesome. Of course, I, I don't think Marge liked it because she didn't like anything fun. <laughs> and I know Davy. I know Davy Johnson didn't like it at all. No, probably not. And that, it, it's funny because uh, I was watching MLB uh, Network the other day, and Davy Johnson was involved in this game as well. It was uh, in the eighties. I want to say eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Uh, oh no, it was the eighty-six Mets, I believe. When, when did they yeah, go to the, the World was Series? Was it was a fight against Ray Knight because it uh, no, Davis? No, this was uh, this was actually a Braves and Mets game. Oh, okay. And uh, Doc Gooden started the game, and it was delayed until nine o'clock, and then they started playing, and then it was delayed again by rain. And this is a game that I think went nineteen innings, and I could be wrong about all this, but that was the big thing. But uh, anyway, he pulled Doc Gooden out of the uh, out of the lineup, and. Instead of, you know, sitting in the clubhouse and watching the game or whatever, he just left during the rain delay, went back to the hotel to get some rest, woke up, uh, had the game on TV, and uh, it was still going. He thought it was actually highlights of the game. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. He got mad for Tom Browning going over across the uh, street, uh, but didn't have a problem with – or maybe he did have a problem with Doc Gooden going uh, to – to back to the hotel. Well, I think I remember that. Game. I think it was the 86 Mets. Right, it right. Was, it was in Atlanta. Because, uh, I mean, that that was one of those nights where it's like, you know what? Let's just forget about it. Right. <laughs> Let's just get out of here yeah. and not even play this game. I, I don't, the, the way the field looked for that game, I don't think they would play that today. Plus, the stadiums are, are built much better to where they retain or don't retain water like that. But uh, there's no way they would play a game like that today with the players uh players health concern just wait well, yeah, the fulton county stadium was a toilet anyway <laughs> right that's why i was happy when that, that building got tore down right I, I was afraid for any any team to go in there because you, you never know what's going to happen if it, if it rains like you said if it rains a lot that outfield is going to be really bad and you break some ankles or something out there. right yeah there was i think there was like a ton of hits ton of runs and it just kept going and going, but it, it was fun to watch on a game on a day where there was no live baseball. But we're yeah. we're, we're getting much closer to live baseball. And uh, so, do you have any other Reds uh, history moments uh, from this week? I have one. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was 1998. At the All Star break, Jeff Shaw got traded to the Dodgers uh, for, I believe it was Paul Konerko and Dennis Reyes, and. It was the first time I think anybody ever got traded before the All-Star break and did not pitch an inning for the new team. It was an All-Star. So he went to the All-Star game, and he had a Dodger uniform on, but didn't pitch for the Dodgers yet. I, I remember yeah. that, and I think I remember uh, – that was Jim Bowden the, man, uh, the general manager then? Yeah, I think he still was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was – I think I heard Jim talking about that before, and, of course uh, – he never saw a trade he didn't like, and <laughs> especially that one. And all and all of them were good trades, if you ask him. <laughs> oh, he'll tell you. He'll be the first one to tell you. Oh, I did. Oh, it was a great trade. 
<laughs> so uh, let's talk about some Reds news. Uh, one of the things that came up today, and I really hate talking about this because I hate talking politics because there's there's no right or wrong, uh, but it, it really bothers me some of the reactions I saw on social media from this because it's Joey's uh, opinion, and yeah. you know it, it doesn't. The sh- he wore. Uh, we'll just get into it. He wore a uh, Black Lives Matter shirt. If you. If you don't know the full story, uh, Amir Garrett, uh, when the George Floyd uh, incident happened in Minneapolis, uh, Amir Garrett sent uh, Joey a text about it, and and Joey, don't want to say blew him off, but didn't uh, look at it right away and said uh, whatever, whatever, along those lines. So I guess kind of blew him off, but in a kind of a way friends do. And uh, anyway, Joey finally saw the clip, and then – uh, went back to Amir and said, I'm sorry, I kind of get it now. And uh, I'm paraphrasing. I hate to say, don't want to talk for Joey. But anyway, he wrote a very heartfelt uh, uh, opinion piece into the Inquirer about, uh, about how he felt, how that changed him, how he realized uh, the experiences that his teammates had that he never experienced, uh, had validity and uh, kind of, Saw things from a different perspective, and today during batting practice, he was wearing a Black Lives Matters uh, T-shirt. Now, whether or not you agree with all the political points of uh, some of the organizations that uh, that um, use the uh, Black Lives Matter mantra, I think everyone can say that racism is stupid, has no place in society, and uh, and that Black lives do matter. And I, mean, I know people say all lies matter, all lies matter too. But if you use that, and this is the thing that drives me nuts, is it, it, people argue back and forth. And I heard uh, WWE star Titus O'Neil uh, when he was talking with Tampa Bay uh, Sheriff's Department, I believe. Uh, it's like, why are we keep arguing about which lies matter? Of course, black lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. Let's work on the actual issues. So... Just my just my opinion. I probably tick some people off with that, but uh, you know, it, there's there are issues in our country. We got to quit arguing about the stupid things and actually look at things that that do matter, and uh, and hopefully fix some things instead of just arguing about it on Facebook. Right. And and, and, the, and right now, right now, the one thing that matters is we got baseball coming up here soon. Oh, absolutely, and. Uh, one other thing, because the other thing that just drives me nuts is he just needs to shut up and play baseball or uh, right. somehow by him wearing the T-shirts, he's no longer your favorite player. Joey Votto is a, is a, is a good person. Uh, he's done th- some things uh, for friends of mine uh, that you never hear about in the news. Um, so th- this is not out of character for him. He has the right to the opinion. I mean, you're on Facebook complaining about him having an opinion while you're probably posting it while you're working. Right. So it's, we just got to get over the yelling and screaming and actually listen to each other, which was the biggest point of uh, Joey's op-ed in the inquire is we have to listen uh, to our friends who we don't necessarily not believe, but just like, Oh, you're blowing things out of proportion or not. Everything's like that. But uh, if people have that experience, uh, you can't take that away from them. And that, and with Amir Garrett, he's shared a story this week about his interaction as a youth uh, and a teenager where he was doing nothing wrong. Maybe had his stereo up a little bit too loud, but I did that as a kid. I probably do that now for completely different reasons because I can't hear. But um, I still do that in my car. Yeah, that, that's what <laughs> and that's what it was. Him and some friends were going to basketball practice. He got pulled over and. And um, and he said that uh, they were um, I'm abusive. Basically, they they not only just frisked him, they were rough with him. They threw him up against the car and enticed him and tried to get him to uh, physically resist. And and that that's not right. That's not how that's not how things should be. And then they tore up his car and then left them to. Uh, Clear it out, and then told him basically not to come around there anymore, which is which is ridiculous. Right. So, I'll get off the soapbox, but I think it needs to be said. It's unfortunately sports and politics are going to intersect this year. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean it's election year, so everybody's going to be 
on the extremes and let's, let's just try to get along with everyone. Listen to what people say, maybe change your mind on some things and, uh, and, and treat people with respect. If you, if you do that, then, uh, things, things will get better. But if you, if you don't treat people with respect, if you're yelling at them that <coughs> if you're yelling at them that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, if you're yelling at them that lives that, uh, if, you, if your immediate response is that when they say something about lives mattering, that no, these lives matter, you don't really mean it. <laughs> You're doing that as an argument. And, and uh, it, it is, I'm actually looking at the picture right now, Joey Votto with the shirt on. Right, right. And uh, I you find know. nothing wrong. I find nothing wrong with that. No. If, and you know, and yeah. I, I, as much as I don't want politics mixed in with baseball. If someone wore a Biden t-shirt or a Trump t-shirt, who cares at this point? It's, it's, it's their, it's their right to express themselves. It's not during a game. It's real. It's technically during a closed practice. Uh, the manager, if the manager doesn't have a problem with it and it's not a distraction to the team, let's go play ball. Right. It didn't look like anybody had a problem with him having it on today. And and, and and I don't think it really should make a difference. I mean, it's just this is practice. No, and 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 he was doing it to support Demir Garrett and uh, other right. and other teammates of his. So I, I think exactly. every player on the team, uh, regardless of their who they're going to vote for in November, was supportive of both Amir and Joey. And if they're not, they probably don't need to be on the team, or they just need to play ball and not make an issue of it. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right, let's move on to uh, the other topic that came out today in Trevor Bauer. A lot of the pitchers are going, kind of going this direction. T- Trevor Bauer says he wants to play as, as many games as possible and even talking about going to, at least with him, a four-man rotation. Yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, you know, Michael Lorenzen wants to pitch all 60 games. So right. you got these two guys, are, they're gamers. They want to play ball. Right. And I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, Lorenzen said he's a two-way player anyway. Right. So him playing 60 games, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, well, I think he said he wanted to pitch all 60, though. That one I have a little bit of an issue because mm-hmm. if they do make the playoffs, how much can his arm really I, – I know he's probably the most built man in baseball, but – Right. That, <laughs> and, dude, that dude's workouts are and, sick. And most flexible. But, uh, yeah. But with Trevor Bauer going every four days instead of five, I mean, even the Reds don't go to a traditional four-man rotation. They could mix and match uh, – Wade Miley and uh, uh, Desclafani in in between, uh, maybe even t- Tyler Malley, uh, depending on how deep the re- roster they take. Uh, they have so many options and so many different ways to mix and match, keep the guys fresh and and also and also ready. Which is with pitchers sometimes too much rest can be just as bad as not enough. But you don't want uh, if you do make the playoff run and. And the way I, this is the other thing I've noticed all the players talking this year, they're not saying if, they're saying we have 60 games plus a month of playoffs. So they're saying they're going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I, and, and it, looking at the schedule, I mean, they have six days off. Right. Um, and you play, I mean, you relatively have the easiest schedule in right now as it stands, according to Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and MLB, MLB Network because they broke it down, and you know their, their schedule looks pretty pretty favorable. Uh, being that you play a week pretty much pretty weak division really, uh, when it comes to the American League, uh, and then you play the National League. Obviously, you play all your Central teams. You get the Cubs, the Brewers, the Pirates, the Cardinals. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun time to see sixty games. How quick it's going to go because it's going to go quick. Right, and we'll get into the full a deep dive into the schedule a little bit later on the show, uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy on the, all the options the teams have this year, and the Reds probably have more depth this year than they've had maybe since the seventies because the two thousand ten team, the two thousand twelve team, they really weren't deep once you got past the. Uh, ninth, 10th guy off the bench and then pitching. Uh, they had Chapman at the end, but the middle relievers uh, sometimes got a little dicey, even though the year they won 97 games. We saw that in 2013 with pretty much the same or many of the same staff. So I, offensively, I don't remember this many outfielders ever for the Reds. 
Oh yeah, I was watching the the workouts today, and they were doing drills with the outfielders, and there was like six or seven outfielders. Right. Like, how you gonna fit all these guys in this lineup? I mean, and they're, then, they're all studs. And then plus you have Lorenzen and Farmer who play multiple positions. Yeah. It's they the Reds this year are built to withstand a 162 game season. I think they're they're built now to dominate potentially a 60 game season against a. Uh, Central Division in the American League and even National League that's not as strong as it has been in years past. Right. And um, I, I, I want to say that I think we're, you know, we're going to win 40 games out of the 60. I, I'd like to say that. I mean, it sounds great. Uh, but right now, time will tell. Right. Uh, but it, we got a pretty strong core of outfielders. We got a pretty strong, strong core of pitching. I mean, everything is deep right now, and and, and having a, a short schedule is is a, a very good advantage for us since we have a DH. Didn't have that in the seventies. Didn't have that, in, you know, any time in the National League uh, for an entire season. So this is going to be interesting. All right. One of the other things out of camp that's just fun is uh, Castellanos uh, hitting a huge home run off Trevor Bauer yesterday in a simulated game. Uh, it went to the uh, upper deck in the bleachers. And he did a oh, bat yeah. flip. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen it, go check it on Reds.com. You can check it on our Facebook page. It, it, it's pretty cool just to watch him just watch his ball sail and he flips his bat. He didn't get to see where the ball landed because of the uh, – they just had a, 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 right. a they just camera had... in center field. So, yeah, it, it was a cool moment. And then, uh, and then of course, Trevor Bauer was just laughing. Kind of reminded me of the uh, – games he was doing out in Arizona during the uh, shutdown. Yeah, with uh, Derek Dietrich, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, so speaking of Derek Dietrich, where is he? Uh, right now, he's MIA. Um, he, there was a report that, you know, there were a couple of, of players tested positive for COVID-19. Their names have not been released. Uh, there's been speculation Dietrich's one of them, but I really don't know at this point. I haven't heard anything. I've, I've talked to Mark Shelton, got nothing. He doesn't seem to know either. So right now it's kind of like, uh, is he going to show up? Is He hasn't practiced at all. So is he still in Arizona? He is still in Arizona. Now, uh, I don't want to speculate on this, but I, I know there w- wasn't there a Reds uh, player that was test that did test positive but was not on the roster? Yes. I don't want to speculate, but could, could it be him or could it? Well, Strop is on the. That's the other guy we're going to talk about because Strop still hasn't shown up. But I think that's more. Is that more due to visa issues or? That's yeah. That's more visa. He's stuck in the Dominican. Uh, he just can't seem to get out because of travel restrictions, and plus, like you said, visa. Uh, it's tough to get a visa at this point. Right. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, the Derek Dietrich situation. Um, clears up yeah we need him at least at least to be on the reserve team if nothing else right right and, and he's a big part of the big lefty he's a good backup to joey Votto. and uh i i know uh from last year especially when he was hitting hot if you're not hitting hot it's kind of hard to be a uh a a leader in the clubhouse but um him well, and, he, had the, he had the shoulder problem. Yeah, at, uh, and, the season. but he, he kept everybody loose in the clubhouse from the reports that I had, and uh, it, was, it was a really fun guy to watch. <laughs> the, the B thing was uh, still going to go down as one of the more funny things uh, that he's yeah. done. The B thing was funny. I laughed at that one. <laughs> uh, one other note I saw is uh, Shogo says he's starting to feel comfortable at uh, Great American Ballpark. Uh, one of the things that's – two of the things that are completely different than uh, wh- how it was for him in Japan. One, there's no roof, even though I, I would love one as a fan because I'm tired of rain delays and rainouts. But uh, there's no roof there, and uh, he's not playing on AstroTurf anymore or artificial turf, uh, whatever the case may be in Japan. He's playing on natural grass. He still has said he's not sure – exactly how that'll play out but uh he says he's starting to get really comfortable here now that uh he's back in town I, I think this may actually help him uh get adjusted more by play, by having workouts and and kind of a simulated spring training inside the stadium versus out in arizona because he'll not not only uh does he play on grass even even out there but now he gets to learn the dimensions of the 
home ballpark uh, compared to uh, out in Arizona where it was mainly based upon the dimensions of Jacobs Field because the Indians uh, went out there first. Right, and and I think one thing with Shogo, um, he's learning English, from what I understand. Uh, he's got an interpreter when he's out there talking to everybody in the outfield. And, right. But he's, he's, he's learning the game, learning the major league version of the game. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of a hitter he's going to be. Is he going to be an Ichiro hitter? You know, you never know. Right. He could turn around and be an Ichiro. He could be a power hitter. We don't know yet. So and, and in, I'll wait. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what he can do. And in Great American Ballpark, almost anybody can be a uh, power hitter. It's not automatic. I've hit there. But uh, but uh, the uh, Major League Baseball compared to any other field is so much easier to hit the ball. Oh, yeah. This this park, I mean, they, they call it a Great American Small Park in some places. So uh, Right. It's a good place to hit if you want to if you want to get out of a slump and hit home runs. There you go. Right, and uh, one other note, uh, Mason. Uh, I've, we've not seen hardly any news out of the uh, Mason camp at Prasco Field. Um, Mark Sheldon was there today. He had some pictures on Twitter. Um, he had uh, he showed uh, Aquino was there, and he had uh, Jankowski was out there hitting, saying that Jankowski looks pretty good. He's ready to go. Uh, a few others. Uh, I didn't see the pictures of the other guys that are out there, but there's uh, there's a good feel out there. They like the field. Uh, it's a pretty big ballpark, um, but yeah, there's not much press about it. There's no cameras allowed. Uh, it's kind of a hush hush place. So I don't know why they're all out there. They all could be at Great American Ballpark right now, and it'd be great. Right. I think they may have split it up to try to just keep the social distancing and uh, yeah, and and not keep. Uh, and not mix the uh, reserve players with the uh, with the active players, just in case there is an outbreak or, or a couple cases. Right. That, that's understandable. And uh, speaking of COVID, <laughs> we kind of got sidetracked with some of the other news today, but um, a lot of players uh, throughout the league uh, are. I think there's 31 so far that have tested positive. Maybe uh, a couple more today. Uh, I know there's been some issues with the testing where they'll take tests on Friday and not have results before they're due to take their next test on Sunday. And uh, I think PPE was delayed at some places, but I I have seen players wearing masks. Yeah, I know I saw Amir Garrett had a mask on and uh, Moustakis was wearing one at second base, which is weird. Um, And there's... um, I saw it was a reliever. I can't remember his name now, but he had one on while he was pitching. Um, I, there I, was a few others that had him on in the bullpen. So. I wonder if they're going to wear him while they're actually playing. That'd be hard to do. It'd be hard to breathe when you're running around and right. trying to get your breath. Well, especially the N95 mask with uh, Mike Trout. Of course, he's Mike Trout and can probably do anything. Yeah. He was running full speed with the N95, not 100% on correctly. Right, I saw the picture of him running, and, uh, you know, I, I don't see him wearing a mask while he's running. I mean, it's something you can pull down while you run or while you're on base. Right. Uh, because it can be very hard to breathe. I play softball, and I, I don't wear my mask on my face while I'm running. Right. I I don't do anything physical, but, but uh, the, the, honestly, though, I, I, for whatever reason, this has become a huge debate in this country, too. It's not that bad. Anybody can wear a mask, uh, especially the limited times that most of us do, having to run into the grocery store, go shopping, or even go to amusement park. If One thing I've noticed is the, the, the cloth masks are worse to breathe in than like the paper masks that uh, may or may that uh, they sell at like gas stations or uh, grocery stores. Uh, they're not surgical masks, but they're still medical masks. Uh, I've noticed that those are easier to breathe in than the cloth ones, but still, for, for most people, you're not going to be playing baseball for three hours. You're not a nurse that's going to be wearing it for 12 hours. Uh, wear the mask unless your personal doctor tells you not to. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not that hard. I mean, you just put it on when you're out and about or if you're inside somewhere. Yeah. And you know, make it make it easier for the rest of us. Whether or not it, it works or not, I, I know there's scientific. There's not a lot of science on it. That's that part of it's probably still out there, but it, it, it's pretty clear it's not going to hurt you. So, no. 
It's definitely not anything to get mad at people, throw things at, whether they're not wearing one or wearing one. Just treat treat people with respect, but try to wear a mask. And if a place requires it, wear it or go someplace else. Right, right. I mean, DeWine issued a uh, mandatory today. Right. It starts tomorrow, which will be uh, July eighth. I mean, if if the if the Reds do let fans in, in at any point this year, I think masks will be a requirement. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. As long as it's in Hamilton County, which they are. Yep. Uh, yeah, they are. They will have I mean, to, I, uh, I can't with, with Hamilton County being a red county, they probably wouldn't open it up for fans during that point. But even if it got down to where there weren't very many cases until until someone much smarter than me or you says the pandemic's over, um, we're probably going wait, to I'm waiting for that day to happen. Right. <laughs> oh, anyway, let's move on to the Reds trivia question of the week. This one's going to be pretty tough. It goes all the way back to the 19th century. Awesome. And how many wins for the Cincinnati Red Stockings was their longest winning streak during the 19th century? You had to give me this one. <laughs> Last week was easier. This one's much tougher. I know they were undefeated one year. I, I, will, I will say this. It, it is more than 20, which was last week's answer. Oh, well, I know they were undefeated one season. That's boy, that's going way back. I think they won 50, 59 games or something like that in a row. But uh, I would probably say like thirty-five. Just a guess. Okay, we'll have the answer uh, later in the show. All right. Okay. Uh, let's get into the uh, topic of the week. Uh, the schedule breakdown, the schedule was released uh, yesterday, 60 games, and it wasn't exactly how they kind of explained it uh, early on where majority of the games were going to be against your division foes, and then the rest of it was going to be against the AL division, uh, central division, but I think it worked out very positively for the Reds because they have multiple games with some of the weaker teams in the AL central. Yeah, especially the Tigers. Um, you got two exhibition games on July 21st and 22nd at Great America Ballpark. And then they have an off day, and then they play the three against Detroit. They'll play Cubs and then go to Detroit and play them. Uh, I believe that's three games as my schedule is not opening here. Yeah, it's okay. it's three games. Uh, yeah, and then you got the Indians, and then uh, we go back to the National League. Then you got Kansas City in for a couple games. So, yeah, I think it's pretty favorable. I like the way they did it. Uh, but you know, it's during the week, there's no day games. It's all night games. Right. The only day games are on Sundays. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this, this pans out. And, uh, yeah, it's, well, I think they did the all night games for TV. Yeah. Because, you know, if they do a day game during the week and everybody's now back to work, um, the, the whole point of uh, TV is of course to have people watching and, uh, you can't do that if you're at work. Yeah, that's true. Dep- kind of depends where you work. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, yeah, I could see that happening. But, I mean, either way, I mean, even, there's a lot of 640 games, which are cool. And so there's some things, 610s as well. Um, having those earlier games that like we all used to growing up was 705, 715. Uh, I think these are uh, these would be better for fans if we had fans in the, in the seats. Right. But even watching at home, I think it's favorable. To, you know, you get to watch it early and get to watch something afterwards. Yeah, well, the Reds last year started doing uh, 640 games uh, in the early part of the season and the late part of the season, yeah. and mainly because if you're down there at Great American Ballpark in early April and it was a 7-10 game, it would end 10-10-30. It was cold. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, I remember I used to go to these September games, and I'd freeze my butt off at the end of the month. Right, so – uh, this and and the six forty game, you get back at back to the house before ten o'clock if the game goes uh, as planned, and it, it it works out pretty well I think uh, for school school kids. I, I know some people hate that excuse, but I mean it, it is what it is. You're not going to want to have your kid out till midnight on a school night. Yeah, if we have school, you, know, you never know what's going to happen here. Everything's well, day by day true. nowadays. That's true, but but <laughs> if fans are let, are let back in. As, at some point, and uh, 
I, I, right now, I would say there's not going to be anybody that's going to make that decision. We might see a different outcome in four weeks from now, but, uh, I mean, only time will tell. Yeah, you never know. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it, it's it, it's hard to do even predict anything. Oh, absolutely. So, because, it, like you said, we go day by day with the COVID thing, so we're day by day with everything right now. So, with the Detroit, uh, they're a team rebuilding. Um, yeah. They're probably they're probably a worse shape than we were in 2016, 2017, 2018 when we were running off pretty much identical records every year that were uh, very bad with not very many highlights through the years. Now the Tiger pitching is awful. I mean, on paper they're awful. Um, it, look, if you even look at their roster, they haven't they didn't add anybody in the off season. And they had a long off season to figure it out, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't have anybody worth the crap. So uh, I think it's. I'm not trying to overlook the Tigers. Right. You don't overlook any opponent. I know that, but you know it, they're the weaker bunch right now. Yeah. Look, looking at their starting pitcher, Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, Did he win one game last year? Probably. <laughs> 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 just just looking at people that that I've heard of, and uh, and they're. There's not very many young pitchers on there either. You have uh, Roni Garcia. I don't know if he's a starter or a reliever. Um, no idea. No idea. He's 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 young. He had a seven games last year, a twelve point one five ERA. Tyler Alexander, uh, four point eight six ERA in thirteen games and uh, fifty three innings. So, it, just looking at some of their young pitchers, it's not. It's not. It's not as exciting like when we had a uh, with uh, the young pitchers that we've we've had. Even even the guys that we got in the Cueto trade, uh, they had their moments where they looked like they were going to pan out, even though they didn't. So, yeah. It, it, on paper, it looks very good for those five games. Of course, you have to play the games and. Um, and yeah, I, and and. and I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, just, I just don't want to overlook the, the Tigers at all. I know they could sneak up on you and, and get you one inning. They'll get you. Right. And I'm sure Castellanos is looking forward to this. Oh, absolutely. So other teams in the division, the Chicago White Sox. Now they're kind of in the same position. I think the Reds are, they made a lot of moves in the off season, uh, ready to take the step to get back in, into the division that's not that's pretty much up for grabs in the AL, AL Central. So those games are going to be pretty tough. Yeah, the White Sox added a, a lot of, of good pitching, including Dallas Keuchel. Um, I think they're going to be a tough one to, to, to face, especially – is that in Chicago or is that here? I'm trying to find it. Yeah, th- let's see. I think it's here. Yeah, it's here on uh, September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Three three games uh, on the weekend, uh, but yeah, that, that that would be a tough one. I mean, you look at all the, the free agents they went after; they got some good prospects. Luis Roberts is a great prospect. Uh, playing center field, uh, so they got a good team. I think that'll be a tough one. That'll be a good pitching duel. And then the uh, Kansas City Royals—that's uh, going to be uh, pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're kind Kansas of in this—they're kind of in the same boat as right. Detroit. Detroit, yeah. They're in the same boat as Detroit, and I and, and the same with the Pirates. The Pirates didn't do anything, but they put a manager in the, in the dugout. Uh, they've really they're rebuilding, and, and they're they're going to get pretty beat pretty badly while they're rebuilding. So, right. uh, and then that uh, one should be pretty easy as well. And then Milwaukee, they had some uh, de- some people that defected from the team in the off season. I think they tried to at least uh, fill those gaps with some players. But uh, I, I think they're a little bit weaker than they were last year. Uh, the Cubs, I, I think, haven't they been hit by COVID or having some players thinking about opting out? Yeah, they had a, a couple of players, I, I believe. They were minor league players, I believe, hit by COVID. And then uh, I think they've had, I've heard some talk of some players trying to opt out or wanting to opt out. Or, or thinking about it. I mean, and, and you can't blame them. I mean, it's it's a, it's a completely different world right now. So, yeah, I mean, at least they have that option. If they if they don't feel comfortable with or, COVID still out there, then they can opt. Or out. their or their health, uh, and it's up to right. the individual. Because uh, switching over to the umpires, I know Joe West, who 
has health issues. He's decided that he's going to play. He doesn't. He wants to basically live his life uh, versus staying at home. And uh, he he has the option either way, but he, he's chosen that. Hopefully, uh, they let umpires wear masks if they want, or even players wear masks if they want to try and play play in them to to limit uh, any potential exposure. But with everybody being tested, the the uh, risks as far as inside the ballpark should be minimal. Yeah, I think even testing, even wearing a mask, I think should be you should be fine. Yeah, I mean, especially umpires. They don't umpires are really not they're not players. Right. I mean, if they're just you get third base, first base, whatever, they they just wear masks and they're still making calls. It doesn't doesn't make their vision bad. I mean, right. Your breathing will be a little heavier, but you'll still be able to do it. Right. And then the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, I I think they're going to be the tough team in a, in a short season. Yeah, as much as we hate the Cardinals, they're still a tough team to beat. And uh, they still got the pitching. Uh, they still got the hitting. Yeah, Dear Milena's still there for some reason. He's still there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, they'll be tough to beat because we'll play them in a you, short span, you, a couple games here and there. You know, with uh, with Yachty, maybe he won't do as well at Great American Ballpark when there's no one there to boo him. I wish he'd opt out. I mean, <laughs> that would be, be fantastic. But, yeah, because yeah. every time I'm like, don't boo him. Because every time. Reds fans boo him. He hits one to the uh, moon deck. Yeah, I think he fuels it. He he, he uses it as fuel, and he, he takes it. Uh, he, he takes it as it's it's gonna. I'm gonna hurt you, and I like it. And, and it, it's friendly rival, rivalry. But uh, l- let's move on from the 2010 incident. Brandon and him have talked it out since then. Uh, there's there's no reason to hate the guy. He's, as much as I hate to admit, it, he's probably one of the better catchers of the last 10 years or 15 years. Yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt, but I still hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I want to boo him, but I know every time I boo him, he, he does something. He hits a home run, so I, I just stay quiet. And this year, no booing, no wooing. <laughs> no wooing, thank God. Uh, that was uh, something else I noticed in that game from 85. Uh not to get off subject, but uh, during that game, uh, during one of the innings, they the the uh, Mets were to the pl- were at the plate, and the uh, Braves fans started making this l- almost like chirping sound. It wasn't it wasn't like the tomahawk chop that became famous in the nineties. It was it was almost as it was something that was annoying as the woo. Huh. It wasn't. Uh, it I, wasn't. I'd have to go back and watch that game. It, it wasn't a woo, and one of the announcers, I don't know if it was John Sterling, they they were kind of mixing up the announcers on. Uh, MLB Network, but he's like, I guess they're having asking people to make noise or something, but it, it was very bizarre. Yeah, it's one of those really weird 80s games in a really bad ballpark with, with some really fun fans. The, fan, the Braves fans are fun. And, and anybody's ever been in Atlanta, which I, I've never been to a Braves game, but if you've ever been there, you understand that these fans are really passionate about the Atlanta Braves, like we are about our Cincinnati Reds. And if they get in an incident with, you know, at the time was the Mets, it was a long night, really long night. And these fans are probably, a lot of them are pretty drunk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And so they said, well, we're going to make up some noises. And they, that's what they wanted to do to try and throw off the pitching. So, so do you have a prediction for the Reds this year based off the schedule? I'm going 60 and 0. 60 all the way. and 0. <laughs> I'm going to say, now, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say 40. I'm, say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say 45 wins. Yeah, 45 is very generous. Uh, I would go at least 40, 40 and 20. Uh, there's no ties. You can't right. tie in, in baseball. So 40 and 20, I think, is pretty uh, pretty generous as well. But I think we got the, the, the bulk and, the, and we got the schedule to do it. Yeah, and there's one really cool thing about this schedule, and that's what it means for the postseason. This is something that we haven't seen in baseball maybe ever. But it's almost harkens back to the days of uh, NL versus AL. They were separate leagues. They were ran by separate organizations uh, with one baseball commissioner uh, versus what it is today where they're really more conferences than leagues, and especially now that the DH is going to be in both leagues. But uh, th- there's one thing that's going to happen this year. The teams that meet in the playoffs will not have played each other in the uh, regular season. So – uh, I mean, maybe the first rounds with the wild cards, depend, depending on how things uh, pan out. But uh, when you have division winners from the East, West, and Central playing each other, 
it's it's going to be interesting because the Reds, let's say they do win 45 games and the Dodgers win 50 games in the West and they meet. You don't really know which team is truly better because they're playing different levels of competition. Yeah, I mean, if you go back, you know, the wild card started in 1995. And before that, you would have your American League winner and your National League winner. And those two teams would face an American League, those two teams face a National League Championship Series. And then, you know, you have your two teams, two winners of that would face each other. There was no wild card. There was no interleague. So, yeah, you had the element of surprise when it came to the World Series. Right. I think that this year will be cool because you have the DH on both sides, too. And in, and in the, just in the in the play, in the National League Playoff Center or Series, you may have the Reds versus the Dodgers who didn't play during the regular season or the Nationals or in, any other team in the other divisions. And I, I think that's going to make for some great uh, TV, if nothing else. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's going to be a struggle for ratings for, for TV, not having any fans. And postings will be different, not having the loud crowd noise. Right. So it, it'll be, you know, you'd be able to hear everything. Yeah. Definitely hear players talking to each other. So I, I'm, uh, they, I'm still yeah. hoping that they do something. Uh, I know WWE's done this, and it's not as it's not as good as a real crowd, but it's still better than nothing, and that is maybe let some staff members – uh, into the uh, into the stands, of course, you know, socially distanced, just to, just to get a little bit of crowd noise uh, that that can be on TV. I don't want them using fake noise because it it it'll, it won't look right. Uh, your mind will know it's fake, but uh, you know, just a few fans, a few fans or fake fans, as you call them, uh, cheering or making noise, uh, reacting. Uh, to the game, I, I think could add a little bit of excitement, and uh, I, I, I still want to see mascots. I know, I, I think Major League Baseball is not completely banned and leaving it up to the teams, but I think it would be really cool to see, you know, coming back from commercial breaks, Mister Redlegs uh, on the, on the, uh, top of the dugout, uh, cheering things on. It, it just adds a little bit more fun. I know in Taiwan. Uh, during their games, uh, mascot with no fans, mascots actually came and delivered barbecue to the announcers. Yeah, I mean, if I'm an announcer, I'm getting free food. I'm happy. Yeah, and one other thing uh, they did in Taiwan, the American, they had the American announcers uh, separated, I believe, from uh, the uh, Chinese, or maybe they're a couple rows behind, but they were actually out in the stands and not in the uh, press box. I don't know if that's normal, but I think it was mainly just because. Uh, there were no fans in the stands, and plus to kind of keep them out of those small enclosed uh, space. Well, I know in the KBO they had um, they had put stuffed animals behind the plate. Oh, that to make it make it look for TV. Oh yeah, I, I think there's talks of uh, doing something similar. They did that in Taiwan too. Uh, some of the teams had actually put robots out there that were cheering, uh, but they also robots put... robots in Japan. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> they also put. Uh, Put up the cardboard cutouts of fans, general fans. They were even wearing masks. Sweet. Uh, and uh, they also uh, had cheerleaders during the games, even with no fans. Now, they, they've actually let fans in now. Taiwan handled this thing better than anyone else in the world. Uh, yeah. They had 25 million people on a small little island and 478 cases, seven deaths. So they, they wore masks. They, cre- they made sure every person in the country had a mask. And then they also uh, did a lot of testing early on, and uh, if you, if you were if you were suspected, you had to quarantine. But not everyone else had to. They kept everything open. Uh, so a lot of things could be learned on how they handled it. But uh, I doubt anybody looks at it because everybody wants to do their own thing. Yeah, uh, and, and I applaud them for doing the right thing, and hopefully we can follow their footsteps yeah. someday here. Yeah, and try and get back to normal because I know everybody's losing their minds not having to wear mask every day or whatever it may be and getting tested all the time. I know it sucks, but we, you know, for right. us to get back to normal, please do the right thing. Right. And, and from what I understand, the test, uh, at least in America is not as bad as it was where they, and it probably never was as bad as the, uh, as that one picture that went around on social media where it looked like it jammed into your brain. Yeah. Uh, I I think from from uh, what friends have told me that have had unfortunately had COVID, they're fine. They've they've had the mild version of it, which still sucked. It's not it's not like just having a cold, like some people say. But uh, anyway, the, I asked about how the test was, and this was early on, so that that was the one where 
where uh, people were saying they jammed in the back of the nose. It basically said it was a little bit worse than a flu test, mainly because they go in both nostrils and they hold it there or, or move it back and forth there for like 10 seconds per nostril. So it's not like with the flu where they go in there pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the flu thing still sucks. I don't know if you've ever had a flu test, but it's it's not fun. Yeah, I had I had the flu in, in January, um, and I tested for type B, which the doctor told me is the best one you could get, which like, I don't know if, it, if there's a good and bad flu, but you know, <laughs> the flu is the flu. Right. And he stuck it up real quick and out, and it was real quick. So I, I would I haven't had a COVID test yet, and, and I haven't really felt bad or nothing. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on that. That's kind of the same. I, I, I had the antibody test because I was sick back in February. I tested negative for the flu. And just out of curiosity, two things. One, out of curiosity, I wanted to see if I did have it because that would make me less risky of getting it again and having severe symptoms or and find out what I had. And then also, uh, you know, I would donate uh, plasma to try to help those who are have the more severe symptoms. But unfortunately, it was uh, was negative. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Well, no, actually, a positive in, a, in an antibody t- test, you want to be positive. Oh, in, okay, okay. I'm, in a uh, in the other okay. test, you want to be negative. <laughs> okay, so I got them backwards. Okay, I got yeah, them backwards. yeah. The, the 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 active test. Now, this we won't get into that because this is not a COVID a COVID podcast. But uh, I, I know the players. Some of the players were expressing frustration that they took a test one day and they're taking another test without even getting the results from the first test. They have rapid testing. I don't know why Major League Baseball hasn't implemented that. Uh, it's probably money, if I was to guess. Yeah. But uh, I, I know the mayors or the governors and president is taking the rapid test. If you want to visit Puerto Rico, they announced that you have to have a uh, rapid test when you enter the uh, the territory. And so they're, they have to be out there. It seems like that would be much better than the one that could take – three or four days in the lab to get results back. I mean, I th- I th- at one point it was 14, up to 14 days just to get the test results. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and they, that's, I think that's one bad thing about the COVID test is that you have to wait, isn't it like 48 hours before you get results or something like it, that? It all depends uh, on how busy the labs are. The, the rapid test uh, that I was talking about, uh, 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and when Live PD was on, the uh, former police chief of Cincinnati, uh, Daniel Craig, is now the police chief of Detroit. He had COVID, and he was talking about the test, said it wasn't that bad, and that it was the rapid test. So once he got the the five minute, it took five five to fifteen minutes, and he got the test, saying he was okay and and back healthy. So, um, but yeah, the, if if it's going to work for sixty games, they've got to get the testing thing under control. Because the worst thing would be a player gets tested on a Friday, but they don't get the results till Tuesday, and then he's been playing all those games and uh, was was asymptomatic. Yeah, I saw it was one today. I think Juan Soto had to be uh, quarantined for ten days. Uh, apparently, there's there it's running rampant in, in D.C. So he's He's been quarantined along with another player, so uh, hopefully that's nothing. It was just, you know, just to keep him safe. Right. And that's what all that is, and uh, he can get back on the field because he's he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be fun. The 60 games makes every game matter. It makes the postseason, especially since there's going to be matchups we didn't see in the regular season, that much more interesting. It's it's going to be unpredictable and. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Maybe we should do a, a show uh, before the season gets started on on how to do a fantasy baseball team uh, in a crazy season like this. Uh, That'd be interesting. Yeah. So as always, uh, we want to do a player of the week, pitcher of the week. Uh, my player of the week, Joey Votto, uh, for two things. One, uh, supporting fully for uh, wearing the uh, – Black Lives Matter shirt today, uh, expressing himself, supporting his teammates. But he said something on Saturday that uh, just cracked me up to see Trent Rosecrans, which was he says he's still planning on playing 162 games this year, even though it's a hundred or a 60 game season. 
Oh, good luck to him. <laughs> he said that, of course, in jo- in, in joking mood. But uh, J- Joey Votto is great, and uh, hopefully he has an unbelievable season. If he does, the Reds c- could be uh, putting another trophy up in the Hall of Fame. I hope so. We've all been waiting for that trophy for 30 years. And then uh, who's your player of the week? Um, I'm going to go with Trevor Bauer uh, simply because – he has a commissioner shirt out that I want. Uh, as he's, he would love to be a commissioner. I think we'd all love to see him be a commissioner because he's he, the guy is he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, and he's I saw him eating rice the other day on the field <laughs> in a bowl. I thought that was hilarious. Right. The guy is entertaining. So I, I think uh, he, he just wants to play and have fun. I, I, I think uh, now that he has people around him, uh, I, I think he could he could really market the, the game and uh, hopefully the Reds are taking notice. He could once fans are allowed back in, and um, I, I think he could if he's still with the team. I think he could draw a crowd. I do too. I mean, it, it, you know, he's he goes year by year with his contract, and I'd love to see him stick around for a couple more years. Right. I, I think he likes it here. I think he does too. And we, but we thought the same thing about Matt Harvey, and then he turned around and badmouthed us. So, uh, <laughs> let's hope Trevor's really uh, he's authentic about it and really right. wants to stick around. We're back with the uh, trivia question. Had some technical difficulties. Nick's back on the line. And, Nick, well, let's go over the trivia question one more time. Uh, how many games was the longest winning streak in the 19th century for the Cincinnati Red Stockings? And I believe your answer was? Uh, I believe it's a 35. And the answer was 130. Yeah. so pretty amazing that that is a record that will never be beat again no completely different game completely different players but uh still pretty cool piece of trivia yeah i mean 130 games is amazing yeah they uh actually lost that game in extra innings eight to seven and uh, 10,000 fans in attendance in New York to the uh, wow. to the Brooklyn Ath- Atlantics. Brooklyn. Yes. Well, so Brooklyn couldn't keep the team, could they? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. No no Jay-Z to buy the uh, – I think he owns the Nets, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, I believe. Yeah. I believe he does. <laughs> anyway, that pretty much uh, – covers us for this week on a crazy episode lots of uh, things going on this week next week uh should be another fun episode oh yeah looking forward to it i think we'll, we'll have more to talk about but uh obviously some more workouts maybe we'll get some more COVID news maybe we'll be more on Derek dietrich and pedro stroke and, we'll see. and uh, if you have any questions for us or comments uh you can reach me on twitter i'm at scott evans on air and uh do you have a twitter account I do. It's uh, NickL14 at Twitter.com. All right, man. Well, until next time, uh, uh, go Reds. Go Reds.